When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. TV with Calvin and Barry. Just two crazy fans of the Sacramento Kings and they sharing their opinion. So be sure that you subscribe. It's for the fans, by the fans. Whether you chilling on the couch or wilding in the stands. For laid back conversations about the Kings, subscribe here. Staying down until we come up thinking this gonna be our year. We're here drinking beer, talking about the Kings. Be sure you subscribe so you can hear that bell ring. Yeah. What's up, Kings fans? Welcome back to Royal Rebounds and another Royal Rebounds podcast live with Calvin and Barry. Tonight, we are breaking down the Sacramento Kings 101-103 loss to the Philadelphia 76ers. We'll be talking about some trade news. Tom Brady's retiring. There's a new format for some events at the All-Star Game. Kings have been rumored to potentially be interested in guys like Julius Randle. And Buddy Heald could be heading to Cleveland. We'll talk about that and more when we come back with your Kings nightcap. We're here, we're drinking beers, and we're talking about your Sacramento Kings. If you're a Kings fan, make sure you smash up that like button down below and if you enjoy fresh kings content like this and you hate the kings losing games make sure you hit that subscribe button down below to join the royal family another tough loss calvin i thought the referees were finally going to help us out they gave us the five second call late in the game kings have a shot tyrese is shooting lights out he doesn't get the last shot in this game no unfortunate way to end this game um I'm, again, I'm at a loss for words. I don't know what to be more upset about, the way the Kings played you know, in the two or three games before this or the way they played tonight. You look at the stats, and they were up in a lot of – one in a lot of categories. They were up by 17 points here at one point. Tigers Halliburton, career high, 38 points, goes crazy in the fourth quarter. Yet once again, Kings lose because they couldn't find a way to make enough stops. In and Joel Embiid, you're welcome. I hope you guys put some money down after my prediction the other day. Thirty and ten for Joel Embiid. It was like 
clockwork. Guy was an absolute animal. 18 free throw attempts of the, Shaq, of the team's 26. Shaq would be proud. Shaq would be proud. He would be proud. What's up, Gothin? Brian, Matthew, I see Mike in here. Fred, John, welcome, welcome, everyone. Makami, Kristen, Brandon, thank you guys so much for joining us on another episode. Yeah, it really is a tough loss. De'Aaron Fox is out again with the ankle injury. We saw him warming up last game and was a scratch. I thought he would have been available tonight. Ends up not being available. Davion pushed right into the starting lineup. He played really well. And as you mentioned, career high for Tyrese Halliburton, 38 points tonight. He also had a career high in free throws taken with nine, oh sorry with 12 11 for 12 and he was shooting lights out i want to hear from everybody that said he wasn't aggressive and that he's not aggressive <laughs> enough and he passes the ball too much because well, he did not do that tonight you're just setting yourself up here cuz people are going to say they still lost he wasn't aggressive enough he needs to shoot more well they need more help he needs to shoot more they need more help you know yes. they they need they need either deer and fox back or they need some return in a deer and fox trade not that I'm advocating for a deer and fox trade. I'm just saying teams are only as good as the players they have on the court. Deer and Fox is a great player. He's not on the court tonight. Kings missed him. Hey Monty. Hey Monty. All right, Calvin. Oh, what's up, Pat? Good to see you here as well. And Sean. All right, Calvin. How about let's dive here into the box score because Tyrese had an incredible game. He sure did. And I see everyone here in the chat talking about Buddy Chuckett's. Uh, yeah, Buddy did not have a very incredible game. <laughs> 23 minutes off the bench, 1 of 8 from the field, 0 of 7 from 3. He did have 8 rebounds somehow, but 3 turnovers, 2 points. Uh, another very, very disappointing game for him and for the bench all around. You know, obviously Davion Mitchell is not playing on the off the bench as De'Aaron Fox has been out, and he has played much, much better, especially offensively. Um, but the bench has really taken a big nosedive here over the past couple weeks. Uh, Tyrese, as we mentioned, 38 points, career high, seven assists, three steals, three rebounds. He did a little bit of everything for them tonight, 11 of 12 at the free throw line, five of nine from three, incredibly efficient. Um, and again, the Kings just didn't get quite enough help elsewhere Davion Mitchell adds 15 points, five assists, three rebounds, and Harrison Barnes continues to play pretty steadily, I would say, as well, without De'Aaron Fox, 16 points, eight rebounds, five assists, and he was four of six at the free throw line as well. Only six points for Marvin Bagley tonight. <laughs> and only 20 minutes played. I, I'm really not quite sure why the Kings aren't playing him more. I mean, he still is giving them all they need on the rebounds on the glass, nine rebounds tonight, three offensive boards. Uh, it was three of six from the field. Uh, you know, I, I think he looks good. I, I'm just not sure why he isn't getting, you know, 26, 27 minutes a night. Yeah. It's, it's weird. You know, it, it is really weird, but you know, we talked about how this Kings team early on in the season was so deep, right? And we talked about they have three basically starting point guards, if you consider, you know, Davey on a starter at this point. But injuries have taken a toll on this team. We see Terrence Davis has been out now. Uh, Deer and Fox is out. But, you know, calling up Keita, Damian Jones has been out there more. Metu is more. So you have more of these, like, four, five-ish guys 
that are playing more and more minutes. And I think that's really cutting in to Bagley's minutes a lot. But I was surprised, man. We, we've been yeah, talking about Kata. At the Kata. same time, you know, Tristan Thompson hasn't played in I don't know how long. Alex Len really doesn't get that many minutes anymore either. True. So to think that Marvin Bagley is still only getting around 20 minutes a game, despite the fact that those other guys really aren't playing much anymore, is just puzzling to me. I, I don't get it. And only one minute for Kato yeah, tonight, which yeah. is which is really, really wild. But we got to see Damian Jones play a little bit more. Uh, 19 big minutes for Mo Harkless. We haven't seen him much as of late. And um, Metu's back and playing well. Yeah, yeah. It made sense to me to see Harkless a lot because the, the Sixers have a lot of pretty good wings, especially they throw out a bunch in their starting lineup guys like Thibel um, and Tobias Harris, obviously, and people like that. So I expected to see um, Mo Harkless play a little bit more tonight for that that wing defense. Um, I zero hear, points in 19 minutes. I want to hear your thoughts on, on Buddy Heald. 23 minutes tonight, one of eight from the field, didn't make a three even though he shot seven of them, more turnovers than points. Well, obviously, he played horrible today. There's there's no um, sugarcoating that. My opinion still hasn't changed on Buddy Heald in the past multiple years now. I've said for a long time, I think that the Kings need to trade him. Um, he could come back the, their very next game and put up, you know, he'd be like 6 of 14 from 3. He'll have 26 points or something like that. Some people, not most people at this point, I think, but some people will say, oh, well, this finally, this is the Buddy Heald we need. And, you know, if he can just keep playing like this, then the Kings will be in a better spot. And while that's that statement by itself is true, I know what to expect from Buddy Heald at this point. He'll have three or four good games in a row, yep. and then he'll come right back with six or seven games that are either mediocre at best or they're awful like this. Uh, he's not good with the ball in his hands when he has to put it on the floor. His really only weapon out there is his outside shooting, which in the NBA is a very important weapon to have, especially mm -hmm. when you're one of the top three-point shooters in the league. But if you're so inconsistent, you're a liability on defense, and the team doesn't really seem to, to count on you that much. I mean, when he takes a bad shot or he makes a bad decision with the basketball and turns it over – you get you see multiple players and coaches on this team visibly like sick almost to their stomach. Oh man, here we go again. Yep. I can't believe he made that decision again. I can't believe he took that shot at that time. Even mm -hmm. if he's hit three or four in a row, it's just you, you can never really predict what you're going to get out of him. Yep. So the the Kings need to change to trade him ASAP. It's tough. You know, we, we talk about his struggles handling the basketball, right? And since the injuries to Terrence Davis and Deere and Fox, Davion Mitchell is now a starter or a temporary starter. So Buddy Heald is really the main ball handler off the bench for this team. And we saw it tonight with the turnovers. But I want to take a step back and look at his last few games. So his last good game, in my opinion, was January 16th against Houston. 27 points, as you mentioned. He can go off any given night, but the thing that makes the difference between a good player and a great player is consistency, right? So 27 points, 5 and 9 from three-point range. Since then, two points against the Pistons, six against the Bucks, 
11 against the Celtics, 8 against the Hawks, 2 against the Sixers. The Kings usually win, or they have a really good chance at winning when he plays well. But when he doesn't play well, the Kings really struggle. This is six losses in a row for Sacramento, and it basically coincides with these games for him. Another thing that you mentioned was eight rebounds tonight, which we don't normally expect from Buddy. But looking here at the last four games, three out of those four, he had eight rebounds. I I like that he's crashing the glass a little bit more. You know, he's trying to do other things when you're not shooting well. You know, shooting's not the only thing on the basketball court, right? So when you're not shooting well, you try and do other things, getting guys involved, stuff like that to make up for your lack of shooting. Maybe he's crashing the glass more, but it's not enough. No, it's not enough. And it also, a lot of those could be that he just happened to be in the right place because he was out of position on defense too to get the rebound. But even if he is rebounding more, I I mean – this team needs him for one thing, and that's outside shooting. Um, and he's just flat out not consistent enough at doing that, like you mentioned. Buddy Heald is the exact type of player that a contending team needs. If this Kings team was a winning team, if they were a playoff-ready team, if they had the right roster uh, makeup to be a, a team that would win more games than they lost, then Buddy Heald would be a great fit for them coming off the bench with that potential, you know, explosion of outside shooting that you could get from him at any time. Um, and it all, he's also going to get better shots on that team too, right? Mm-hmm. When this team struggles to score, they looked at, for him to get it going. The other team automatically knows what Sacramento is trying to do. They're trying to get Buddy healed free for an outside shot. And they, they take that away more often than not. Whereas if you were on a contending team that had multiple scoring options whether it's uh creating their own shot or dishing to somebody wide open in the corner for a three Mm -hmm. he would get better looks and he would probably shoot a better percentage overall because he wouldn't have to force up these ridiculous i mean he might still force up some crazy shots but he wouldn't be in a position where he had to do that more often than not so i for that reason i still think there are a lot of teams that are going to want him because of that contending teams are always looking for more shooting um, and they're not looking for a guy that uh, they need to rely on to come in and score 20, 25 points. So he, he does fit a lot of teams' needs out there. I think he can still be traded for a reasonable package, but it, the Kings, he does not service them well at all. Yeah, and it's also hard to get traded to a contender when you make $20 million. That too. <laughs> that, that that doesn't really help very much. and. You know, we hear about the Lakers' interest in Buddy Heald, and we'll talk about that in the, in the next section. But if I'm the Lakers, I already have Malik Monk, who's a better version of – a better right. and cheaper version and a younger right. version of Buddy Heald. But, you know, the, can, the struggles continue for Buddy. It's really, really unfortunate for this team uh, because, as we've seen over the past couple of years, the team has gone the way of Buddy Heald. He's the longest-tenured player on this Kings roster. Nobody has been in Sacramento longer than Buddy Hill at this point, which is pretty wild. I, I know we could, you know, do the comparison of who won uh, the Cousins trade. Cousins got injured, all this stuff. He's not with New Orleans anymore. Buddy Hill is still in Sacramento, but he's overpaid and he's not performing well. So for me, that's uh, that's a wash. <laughs> yeah, might might even favor New Orleans. Anything that. 
stuck out for you in the team stats tonight? I, I know you mentioned the Kings turned Philadelphia over a lot. They just weren't able to take advantage of that. They did. I, I mean, <clears throat> what stands out to me in the team in all these team stats is that the Kings outplayed Philadelphia for in many areas of this game. They out rebounded them. Um, the assists were even, as you mentioned, the turnovers were in Sacramento's favor. Free throw percentage was in Sacramento's favor. They had a 17 point lead. So then you're looking at this like, well, how did, how did the Kings lose this game? You don't play defense. Yep. Philadelphia shoots 51% from the field and 40% from three in a tight game. If you don't, if you don't make it hard on the other team to score, especially late, you know, Philadelphia turns up their defensive pressure. The Kings have a great first half, but they only managed to score 18 points in the fourth quarter, and most of those were Tyrese Halliburton. You think Monty and, and Daryl had a bet on this game? You know, he, Monty's traveling with the team. You think it's like, well, if the Kings win, we'll do this deal. If Philadelphia wins, I mean, if I'm Monty, I'm not betting on the Kings against Philadelphia because <laughs> Philadelphia is obviously a much better team. But we know those guys are friends. We know they're close. Uh, it may not seem like it at this moment because we're hearing about all this trade drama back and forth. But those guys worked really, really closely together for like 13 years in Houston. So they have to have a pretty, pretty decent relationship. But uh, I want to hear your take on Rashawn Holmes. You know, he's really struggled since he's come back from COVID and the eye injuries. He's wearing, you know, the goggles now. 31 minutes for him tonight. Only 10 points, nine rebounds. He shot well, four of six from the field, made all his free throws. But it's kind of in the same situation as uh, Marvin Bagley, right, as they're just not giving him enough opportunities. Normally, Tyrese is this guy that just loves to pass up the ball and feed the big man. Tonight, he took it in his own hands. Is there a balance here, or or how are you feeling about, about Rashawn? There's definitely a balance. I think Rashawn is still, unfortunately, kind of working his way back into, you know, 100% playing shape, whether that's recovering from the injuries or just when you miss as much time as he has, you know, timing and um, endurance and stamina and all that stuff, they can kind of take a while to come back to you all the way. But Rashawn is a player, at least offensively, that is completely dependent on the guards he plays with. He has a nice, you know, 15-foot push shot, mm -hmm. um, but even that shot he doesn't create on his own, right? He ends up receiving a pass because his man is going over to double somebody penetrating into the, the key or the paint, um, and he gets wide open from that free-throw line area. So, you know, I still think that he looks to me about the same as he did last year. He's just because of all the games that he's missed and the um, the constant in and out of the lineup with not just him, but a lot of players on this team, it's taken him a lot longer or we you know we're still waiting to see him get to that total, um, whatever you want to call it, his, his ceiling for this season or whatever it would be. Um, I like Rashawn a lot as a player, but I think this year has made me kind of realize that he – maybe doesn't have quite as high a ceiling as I thought he did originally. Mm -hmm. I don't think that he's done um, improving his game overall as a basketball player, but the question is how much better can he actually get? 
Um, as I mentioned, he's so dependent to score based off of other players around him. And you can make that case for a lot of centers in the league. Clint Capella is one guy that comes to mind right away. Um, but he doesn't have the size that Capella has. He's not as good of a rim protector as Capella is. So I, I like Rashawn, but I, you know, I'm starting to worry whether or not that's the long-term answer at, at the center position for this team. Yeah, I mean, it It seemed like when they got him the ball in that spot, that push shot was automatic. Yeah. And we haven't really seen that over the past couple months. And it seems like he's been a little reluctant to take that shot, honestly. But he needs to develop some post moves. Because as you mentioned, he he's only able to get a shot off if he's open or if someone else sets him up. Right. And that makes it really tough on everybody else on the team. It does. And he doesn't space the floor. And if you're somebody like Rudy Gobert or one of these other, you know, huge centers that provides so much else on the floor, rim protection, blocking shots, rebounds, all yep. that good stuff, then, you know, it doesn't matter if you only score two or four points for a week straight or whatever the case may be, because you're still affecting the game in so many other ways. But Rashawn's problem is he doesn't always have those types of games. He can come out and have a game where he has three, four blocks in a game, but it's not something that you would expect from him or, you know, it would be uh, a, a really stellar performance if he does come out and do that. And then you couple the fact with he has to go against all these guys too. That takes away from some of his production offensively when you're banging inside with the Embiid's mm -hmm. and the Gobert's and the Jokic's all the time. Yeah, speaking of blocks, only two blocks tonight for Sacramento. One for uh, Bagley, one for Jones. Three steals for Halliburton, one for Davion Mitchell, and a couple off the bench. I'd like to see a little bit more of that. You know, the Kings did win the turnover battle tonight, but it, it didn't help them. And uh, 18 points in the fourth quarter doesn't do it. No, it does, it does not. not do it at all not do it at all for Sacramento anybody else you want to talk about here before we move on uh for Sacramento or for Philadelphia <laughs> hey, hey either either you want to shout out some Philly guys that's that's totally cool well, I me. mean I'm gonna shout out Joel Embiid uh I think he should win MVP this year with the, the season that he's had um he's one of my favorite players I still think he's somewhat a little underappreciated as far as the whole league goes um, and just everything that he's done this year with, with all the Ben Simmons drama and all that stuff to keep Philadelphia in a, in a playoff spot. And he's having a historic season number-wise down in Philadelphia. I think he's scored yep. the most 30-point games in, a, in one stretch since Allen Iverson did back in the early 2000s or 90s. Um, so he's really dominating at, at a very, very high level. Um, wish that the Kings had a player like that. Is he putting more pressure on Philadelphia to make a trade for Ben Simmons or no? Well, it's hard to say. I think you could look at that from either direction, but probably seems like less pressure now. I mean, I think if the Sixers had come out and just lost a crap ton of games right from the beginning and were never really in contention, I mean, they were like the one or the two seed for yeah. the first month of the season in the East. But if it had been the inverse of that, where they were down, you know, at the bottom of the conference, then I think you probably would have seen Daryl Morey with maybe a little bit more urgency to trade 
Ben Simmons, but the way that he's playing, and certainly Tyrese Maxey has definitely helped them out a lot. Yes, he has. As well in his development. Yes, he has. I want to talk about Fox real quick before we move on. Fox is out again. I think this is, what, three games in a row for him missed um, due to that ankle injury warming up for a game. A lot of rumors swirling about potential trades. I know the Kings last week came out and said, we're not trading Fox, we're not trading Halliburton, we're keeping these guys. But it seems a little weird for me that he's just not really been playing. We haven't really heard many updates. We thought he was going to play today, uh, kind of a late scratch. If you look at the big picture here, Sacramento's been interested in Ben Simmons all year long, right? Ben Simmons is refusing to play for Philadelphia. Yet the Kings are still very, very interested in him. Does this send the wrong message to De'Aaron Fox? Is De'Aaron Fox looking at this like, well, Ben's not happy, so he's just not playing where he is. I'm not saying that De'Aaron Fox is purposely sitting out games, but I'm just wondering how this affects him mentally when you're like, this guy's not happy where he's at, so he's refusing to play games, and my team actually wants him. Yeah, that's an interesting way to look at it. I mean, I feel like if you're any player in this league, you can have one of those moments where you look at another guy on another team and and either draw comparisons to what your situation is or, you know, he could certainly feel one any type of way about this. But all I'll say is every with every game that he misses, I become more and more nervous about this situation. Nervous for a few reasons. If they really are planning on trading him um, and they're just trying to keep him off the court so he doesn't further injure his ankle or anything else, and that's the whole reason that you're not playing right now, it better be worth it. That's all I can say. Mm -hmm. there, there better be a substantial deal coming back in return for trading De'Aaron Fox. And if that's not the case, that's even more concerning because now we're talking about a guy who, uh, sure, I'm, his ankle probably does hurt a little bit, but how bad is it? You probably can't Everybody's hurt this. at this point. Um, and the fact that you're now choosing not to play, that's a very worrisome situation, I think, for the Sacramento Kings. Yep, yep. Let's, uh, let's jump into your keys for this game, and then we'll move on to uh, Around the Crown and, and talk about some trades and some other news here. Well, key number one was just to get out to a good start and go from there. You know, after you've taken as many beatings as the Kings have, you, you just kind of have to get back to square one and, and come out uh, with the right type of energy and, and get off to a good start. And they did that. They they had not only a good first quarter, but they had a good first half. Took a lead going into halftime. Um, as is the story with Sacramento, it's not always how you start, it's how you finish, and they didn't finish the right way today. Number two was all about Embiid. They just had to to double him and try to make it as difficult as they could on him. Guy's a great player. Great players put up great numbers on a nightly basis, and, and he had another fantastic game today. And then number three was show some fight. Again, you know, you, you get your ass kicked enough times. You, you have to kind of remind yourself that you can play this game too and that, uh, you know, you, you have to be able to go out there and 
grab the bull by the horns and and sit down in your defensive stance and make some stops, show some fight. And for the most part, I would say they did that today as well. Tyrese had a huge bounce back game. Uh, They only gave up 103 points, which for the Kings is like giving up 60, I would say. And then, uh, you know, they had good offensive performances here and there as well. They just didn't do quite enough to get the win. Yep. Another loss, guys. Start getting used to this stuff because uh, they're coming in hot now. They are. And every single one of these losses is going to continue to compound and pile on top of each other. You look at the standings and you're like, oh, we're not that far away from the 10th seed. We could probably make the play-in. But is it really worth it at this point to get smoked in the play-in game? I mean, the, the Kings need to win some games here. Yes, they do. But the bigger picture, in my opinion, is is pretty important. And that's they need to make some moves. They need to get a dog on this team. They need some leadership. They need to make a bunch of changes. But uh, cheers, Patrick. Cheers, everyone. We're going to take another quick break here. And when we come back, we're going to jump a little bit deeper into your Sacramento Kings with Around the Crown. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Royal Rebounds, a Sacramento Kings YouTube channel for fans by fans. Make sure you smash up that like button down below and hit that subscribe button to join the royal family with Calvin and I. And if you want to be notified every time we put out a new video, make sure you hit that cowbell notification as well. Fred's getting excited for Football Sunday. Yes, it is very, very exciting. Rams, Niners. very exciting in this house, I will tell you that. We got Bengals. Uh, who are the Bengals playing again? Oh, the Chiefs. The Chiefs. That Chiefs game was amazing last weekend. All four of those games. Easy to say, you know, because it's such recent memory, but that may have been the best weekend of playoff football I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. And apparently in today's news, I guess it's not official yet, but Tom Brady is retiring. Shout out to the GOAT. Man. Yep. I'm just, I just feel lucky to be able to see, see him. All right, moving on here. So we have a new format announced for All-Star Weekend. Um, this is only for the, the Rising Stars game has been replaced with a little mini tournament bracket. So how it works, there will be a pool of 28 players, 12 NBA rookies, 12 NBA sophomores, and four G League Ignite players. They will be broken down into four teams. The pool of NBA players will be chosen by NBA assistant coaches each team will be coached by a member of the nbi nba 75 team and uh they're gonna play a little a little bracket little three game tournament do you like this format calvin um i no i don't know i mean it's i guess it's not any worse like i i just don't i don't see how these games are going to be more competitive than the alternative. I mean, they've been talking about doing like a mid-season tournament for a yeah. long time, so maybe this is kind of a you know a middle of the road thing. Another thing that jumped out to me is the Clorox Clutch Challenge. Have you heard about this? No, I have not. So, in between games two and three, 
of the Clorox Rising Stars game. That's hard to say. I don't know how Clorox got this sponsorship. But a total of eight NBA and G League Ignite players will be divided into four teams of two and compete to make shots from five locations on the court tied to iconic shots made in the NBA playoffs. So this is like a three-game tournament and uh, like a horse competition in the middle. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the NBA is just grasping at straws here, honestly. Hey, I'm still watching, man. I, I love All-Star Weekend. It, there's no defense. Oh, I, it's, I watch. I, yeah. I've watched the three-point shootout in the slam dunk contest every year for the last 20-something years. I, ha- I have not watched that many actual All-Star games, though. Lane, what do you games are so tough. What do you want me to repeat here? <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm always down for something new. I, I think you got to try something. We'll see if it works. You know, uh, maybe they don't change the whole format uh, for the future, but I, I'm I'm down with trying new things. It it's interesting to me. All right, moving on here. I heard there's a karaoke contest too. No, that's here after the podcast. But um, so moving on here, Calvin, the Kings have officially pulled out of the Ben Simmons sweepstakes. What does this mean for Sacramento? What does this mean for Philadelphia? Well, for Sacramento, it means there's even more pressure on the front office to make a deal now. Um, For Philadelphia, I don't think it changes anything. I'm not really sure that they wanted to trade Ben Simmons at this point in time to any team, let alone the Sacramento Kings. We've heard, uh, you know, rumblings that they want to wait until this summer. They're hoping for James Harden, all that stuff. And they're still in the middle of the playoff chase right now. I mean, more than in the middle of it, they're, they are a playoff team as the way it sits right now. So I don't think this changes anything really for Philadelphia. Yeah, I, I'm not really buying this rumor at all. I, I feel like it's a smokescreen. I feel like these guys are just, they, they've been in, in intense negotiations for months now. And I, I feel like the, the takeaway or the pullback is the ultimate final move in a negotiation, right? It's like going to a car dealership where you're negotiating on the price of the car and they're like, nope, we can't budge. This is our final deal. And you're like, okay, I'm out. I can't afford that. You turn out, you walk out, they follow you out to the parking lot and they're like, okay, we can work with you a little bit more. What will it take to put you in this car today? And I mean, Maury and Monty are coworkers. They're friends. They've known each other for a really long time. I'm sure they know exactly what each other is thinking during this whole negotiation process. And uh, I honestly feel it's, it's just, Monty saying, sorry, that's too much. I'm out. And they'll probably reconvene in a day or two. Maybe they're they're having dinner after the game tonight. I don't really know. But I don't think it's over. Yeah, you could be right about that. I, I mean, I certainly wouldn't be surprised um, to hear that that's the, the tactic here in the negotiations. And perhaps Monty McNair has already used that tactic like four or five times now. Uh, so he, he might become a little bit something like the boy who cried wolf here at, at some point in which he's just going to keep 
hoping that the door gets opened up again, but maybe it's closed for good this time. Again, I, I don't know. There's so much to speculate with. You know, you certainly don't hear about any of the other conversations he's having with other GMs around the league. Um, but as as a fan of this team, you have to be a little bit nervous to hear that he pulled out of the deal. I mean, I don't think anybody wants the Kings to give up what they would consider being too much for a guy like Ben Simmons. Mm -hmm. There's maybe a handful of people who believe that there isn't a package that's too big for him, but it, it's just a little bit nerve wracking because you're like, we can't get through another one of these <laughs> trade deadlines without there being some type of meaningful move made here. So if you're going to pull the plug on this potential deal, when everything that we've heard from Daryl Morey, from Adrian Wojnarowski, from all these guys is that, there is a path to success in this deal that these two teams can get on the same page and make this happen. Mm -hmm. So if you're punting on this, you better have something in your back pocket. That's going to be pretty good. And it's a little weird that, uh, your best player in De'Aaron Fox, the guy who has been most mentioned is in trade not rumors, not to play. is, I don't know if he's, I don't want to go that far, but he's not on he's the court. He's telling them that his ankle hurts too much to play. He's not Just on the like court. Ben Simmons is telling Philadelphia <laughs> that his brain hurts too much to play. I mean, at least he's not doing what Antonio Brown did and ripping his jersey off and walking off the field and say, I quit. That'd be the most exciting thing <laughs> to happen are you talking about De'Aaron Fox or Ben yeah, Simmons? Fox. Yeah, that'd be the most exciting thing to happen to the Kings all year. I would love that. Oh, man. There's got to be – there's there's something holding up this deal. And it's funny. You know, we've been talking about it for so long. And what did I say it early on in the season when De'Aaron Fox was struggling? I was like, it feels like a car crash that you could see coming from a mile away, right? We're like, Sacramento is going to end up trading for Ben Simmons. It's just a matter of when – and what it's going to take. And I think that's the thing, right? Is they just keep having this back and forth and there has to be something that held up this deal at this point. Maybe it was Halliburton and three first round picks or whatever. And oh, the, the pick swaps clearly and clearly a lot of things that have held that. up this deal. Yeah. Maybe it's the Tobias Harris thing and the big salary for him. Maybe it's Sacramento wanting a guy like Matisse Thibel back in this deal. Um, but both teams need to make a deal. That That's the honest truth. A lot of people would say, well, Philadelphia is playing pretty well. Yes, they are. But the regular season is much different than the playoffs. And if they plan on being competitive this season in the playoffs, they need to make a move now. Because whoever you're bringing in that's replacing Ben Simmons, you got to integrate them into the team. Yeah. you got to get them familiar with the system, with some of these other players. So... I think Ben Simmons will get traded before the deadline. I think it'll probably be to the Sacramento Kings, to be honest with you. But uh, I'm not buying this Kings just backed out right now. Unless they have a deal on the table for Sabonis or one of these other bigger guys. I, I still believe that Ben Simmons is the big prize for Sacramento. Yeah, I agree that there's... Uh, clearly so much going on behind closed doors and stuff that we're never going to know about until, you know, a deal actually happens. So 
Um, I think it's unfair to jump on Monty McNair right now and say, this is another example of why he hasn't done a good job here and he should be fired and all that stuff. Time's time may be running out for him, but it's, it's not over yet. I mean, you, you don't, you don't do something like this just because you're, you got mad at Daryl Morey on the phone one day and you're like, you know what? We're not trading for Ben Simmons anymore. <laughs> Screw you guys. So I, so he's clearly still doing a lot of work. Um, the question yep. is what is eventually going to happen here? Because there's not a whole lot of time left. Alfie, I'm not sure what, what you're asking here. I'm always willing to do things to give the Kings good luck. A double dip in the ocean. I mean, I was in the ocean yesterday. I was hanging out at the beach yesterday, but, uh, what do you mean by Kings double? What's a double dip? You know what a double dip is? Yeah, I believe that's when you uh, scoop one ranch, dip ranch one time, take a bite, then dip again. Oh, okay. Double, double, double dip, dip in the ocean. Interesting. I'll have to try that out. Maybe the Kings will win the next game. I'll, I'll try it. Brian wants Monty to do a press conference and give away all the things that he's been working on. I mean, as a fan, yes, that would be nice, but at the same time, keep it internal, man. Don't don't spill the beans. We don't need to give these other GMs and these other teams any leverage in any deal. It's hard enough working a deal, being the GM of the Sacramento Kings in the first place. All right. You want to talk any more about Ben Simmons? Are you ready to move on? I don't know what else to say about Ben Simmons. At this point, you think a trade will happen? Maybe not with Sacramento, but I'm just asking in general before the trade. Will Ben Simmons be dealt before the trade deadline? Yeah. At this point, if I had to put money on it, I would say no. I would say no. (laughs) Yeah, Vinny loves to laugh, man. He's, He's got a good one. He's got a good one. Also, I want to remind you all, if you haven't watched the Royal Report that we produce on Fridays. Make sure you guys check it out. It was an awesome show yesterday. We talked about a lot of different things, had some trades. Uh, Hopefully, we're going to have James Hamm on this next week. So make sure you guys stay tuned. Every Friday, we wrap up the entire week of King's action in about 30 to 45 minutes. All right, moving on here, Calvin. I was watching Deuce and Moe just a few days ago. They had Sean Cunningham on there. And they were talking about trades and deals and what's going to happen. I was pretty surprised to hear that Sean Cunningham said that the Knicks might be interested in moving a guy like Julius Randle and the the Kings could potentially be involved in this deal. Yeah, I don't know how surprised I am to hear that the Kings could be involved. I mean, I, I feel like the Kings should be on every team's radar right now if one of their better players is available for a trade seeing as how the Kings are probably the most act supposed to be the most active team in the league, uh, at the trade deadline. As far as, um, Julius Randall being available, this is an- another team. Thank you, sir. You know, that has had high hopes for the past couple of seasons or at least much higher hopes than what they've been used to for previous years before that hasn't quite worked out the way that they wanted it to. They've been hit pretty hard with injuries also, but they're they're another team. I I feel like they took a big chance getting Kemba Walker and Evan Fournier this year. 
Um, I personally thought that was going to work out better for them than it actually did. But it's just another case of, of a team being, you know, right on the fringe there of being a, a really solid competitive team and being one of those, you know, middle of the pack teams that, that just kind of gets forgotten. You're not at the bottom of the conference mm-hmm. nor at the top or in the playoffs. You're just kind of in this abyss of forgotten teams. So, um, you know, in that regard, I think every team in those situations as- tries to assess what's best for them when the trade deadline comes around and is it really worth trading thank you bartender you know one of your best if not your best players sure i'll take one please thank you man what a life we live i'm sitting here (laughs) talking about basketball and Vinny asked me if i want another beer uh upstairs be good yeah thank you yeah i mean i don't know if you could say that last year for the knicks was quote-unquote fool's gold um, because they had such an amazing season. I I like Julius Randle a lot. I was actually very disappointed seeing the Lakers draft him because I knew this guy was going to be a good NBA player. But he has struggled this season. I'm not sure exactly how he would fit on this Kings team. But he does play a position in need, the four. And for me, it's, uh, you know, we could talk about all these guys in the NBA that I would love to have on the Kings – but it really all comes down to what it costs, right? Like what the dollar value or an NBA turns, what is it going to take to trade for this guy? Is it going to take picks? Is it going to take players? What needs to be exchanged for a guy like Julius Randle? I'm down for any deal that helps the Kings, but it has to help them. So am I trading a guy like De'Aaron Fox for Julius Randle? Probably not. But if I could flip a deal with, maybe Harrison Barnes, Buddy Heald, uh, a pick, something like that for Julius Randle, I'd, I'd be more open to something like that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I think if you told me that you could add Julius Randle to, to this team and you wouldn't have to give up either um, Fox or Halliburton, I would say do it immediately. Uh, like, I think Julius Randle is, is slowly getting better and better in this league uh he's a a real dominant force at the power forward spot you know he's kind of like a chris weber type player actually really solid all-around offensive game has a decent outside shot post-up game all that stuff um and you know his uh bugaboo which i don't really think is necessarily all you know on his shoulders it's just that he hasn't you know, taking the the team's success to the next level. Knicks got a home court advantage playoff series last year. Everybody expected them to be kind of in that same boat or better this season, and they've been much worse than that. So if you're telling me that you can go and get Julius Randle on this team, I think that the Kings absolutely should. Yeah, I mean, they need to do something, right? They need to do something. And on that note, I want to talk about a fan-submitted trade by GP. Shout out. And, uh, you know, if any of you guys want us to break down trades and give our thoughts, just uh, let us know down below in the comments. We'd be happy to, uh, you know, give our insights. This, Calvin, is an absolute blockbuster deal. Probably one of the biggest trades I've ever seen. 
It's a four-team deal, Boston, Dallas, New York, and Sacramento. To start off here, I want to just say, I don't know how realistic this deal is just this because is the, this is the craziest trade I've ever seen. In just because the fact that it's there's basically four teams taking all their players and sending them to another team. <laughs> there's so many players involved. There's so many teams involved yet. Boston is a team that needs to make a move. Dallas needs to make a move. They lost uh, Tim Hardaway. The Knicks looking like they need to make a move and Sacramento needs to make a move. So, you know, this trade may seem pretty unrealistic, but I get where GP's coming from here and the fact that all these teams need to make a move. They're just a lot of players and a lot of moving pieces in this. So to start off here, this is going to be difficult because um, there's so much going on. But Boston yeah, receives... Get a pen and pencil, you guys. <laughs> Boston receives Jalen Brunson, paper. Dwight Powell, Sterling Brown, Trey Burke, a 2025 second-round pick, all from Dallas, and Buddy Heald. Dallas receives Marcus Smart, Robert Williams, 2025 first-round pick. This is all from Boston. Nerlens Noel, Kemba Walker, and a 2023 and 2024 second-round pick, all from New York, and Terrence Davis. The Knicks receive Maxi Kleber, De'Aaron Fox, Marvin Bagley, and Tristan Thompson. And the Kings receive Al Horford, Reggie Bullock, Julius Randle, Alex Burks, Taj Gibson, Emmanuel Quigley, a 2022 first and second round pick from Boston, 2023-2024 second round pick from the Knicks, and 2025 second round pick from Boston. There is a ton going on here. A lot of moving parts. I'm not going to say it again, but, uh, I mean, Calvin, you look at this, the Knicks get their guy in Deer and Fox. They get an upgrade in Marvin Bagley or not an upgrade, but a high upside player. They do end up losing Julius Randall. Dallas gets their shooting guard and another backup point guard and some more depth in this deal. Boston receives a bunch of young guys and a shooter in Buddy Heald. And the Kings get Al Horford, which I'd say is a veteran leader. I think Boston's trying to move him. They get a shooter in Bullock, a potential guy to build around in Julius Randle, um, and a bunch of other options in a first-round pick. So I, I want to hear your just your overall thoughts on this deal. I'm I'm not even sure where to begin on this deal. It's uh, first of all that I love the the creativity of some of these trades, like it. To actually sit down and put this deal together, you you really had to take some time and think about it and and um and spend time making this all work out. So, kudos to GP for that. The likelihood of a deal like this ever happening is almost infinitesimal. Like for four GMs to actually get all the paperwork done on all of these moving pieces, all these players, these picks all that stuff, it's the, the likelihood of this happening is practically nothing. Um, that being said, you know, there's certainly reasons to like this trade if you're every team, I think. Uh, there's so many moving pieces that it's almost impossible not to. Um, I do think that out of any team, 
Sacramento probably has the worst deal here in all four of these, out of all four of these teams. They certainly get a bunch of draft picks, which is nice. Um, I don't know how great those draft picks are going to be ultimately, but they get some some draft picks. I like adding shooters around uh, <clears throat> around Tyrese Halliburton, like Bullock and Alec Burks. Um, their front line is now even more jam-packed and jumbled up than it was before. I, you get rid of Marvin Bagley, but you're bringing in Julius Randle, Al Horford, and Taj Gibson to go along with all the other forwards and centers that you have on this team. So clearly there needs to be you know, probably two more deals to happen after that just to clear up the depth chart on this team. So... You know, it's hard for me to say if, if this if you told me that this deal was actually doable, I'd have to think about it a lot. But I, I'm not so sure that uh or I feel as if Sacramento it is the the loser of this trade ultimately. Yeah, I think they're giving up a lot. And uh I just feel like trades like this you know, there's just so many moving pieces and so many parts, and chemistry is such an important part for NBA teams that I, I don't see them doing the deal. Maybe an off-season deal, but in the middle of the season, it makes it even increasingly harder to do a deal like this. But I agree with you. Uh, if I'm giving up De'Aaron Fox, I think I want a little bit more back in return. And they're giving up a bunch of other guys as well. However, I do have to say that this uh, this inspired me, Calvin. It inspired me to come up with my own blockbuster deal. <laughs> and I want to talk about that now. So, Vinny, can you show my screen here? And uh, I, I, I don't want to toot my own horn here, but I, I think this is a little bit more realistic. And I'm making two <clears throat> deals here uh, to close out this season, and then I'm going to revisit everything in the offseason. So I, I kind of want to hear all your thoughts on this. And before you guys get angry... I'm not advocating to trade De'Aaron Fox. I'm just having a little fun here, trying to move pieces around and make a team that fits together a little bit better than this current Kings team. So here we go, Calvin. I know you're a big fan of Miles Turner. I know you love Karis LeVert. Yes, I do love both those guys. I was a little surprised when I was looking this up that Karis LeVert's already 27 years old. Yep. I mean, that's not old. But in the NBA, it's a little bit older. He's uh, a little bit older than some of these core players that are currently on the Kings that they would be building around. But uh, I like this deal. I don't know if Miles Turner is going to be available at all for the Kings through the rest of the season. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But uh, I think this trade could help the Kings next season and help them secure a better draft pick this season. So first off, the Kings would make their first deal with the Pacers, and it would be De'Aaron Fox and Marvin Bagley for Miles Turner, Karis LeVert, and an Indiana first-round pick this season. Not pictured. Not pictured. But I have a whole breakdown I'll show you guys in a second. So let me know how you guys feel about that deal. Now, the second deal that I would make is with the Boston Celtics. We've heard about Marcus Smart having issues with 
Brown and Tatum and calling guys out. They've also seemed to want to move on from Al Horford. This is the second time they've tried to move on from Al Horford, right? They let him go. He signed with Philadelphia. They bring him back again. Buddy Heald, Harrison Barnes, Al Horford, Marcus Smart, and a first-round pick from Boston. I think this helps Boston get off that Al Horford salary. It adds them more shooting. And a veteran in Harrison Barnes that could help them get a little bit further in the playoffs this season. I think this is a good deal. I mean, if I'm Boston, maybe I'm not going to make this deal, but I I think this is a good deal for Sacramento. So, moving on here, I want to show you guys what this looks like for your Kings. Oh, sorry, Vin. You could just take us out of here and just put the whole thing on there. So... Fox and Bagley for Turner and Levert and a first-round pick. Heald and Barnes for Smart and Horford and a first-round pick. And then I had another deal. Tristan Thompson to a contender for a second-rounder. Hold on. I'm going to see if I can make this thing fit in there. What do you think about this deal so far, Calvin? I think these moves are really good. I mean, these are our deals... I think that we've talked about, you know, in separate pieces kind of throughout the season, maybe not for the exact uh, group of players that you have here, but we've talked about trading for Marcus Smart. We've talked about trading for Miles Turner a lot. If the Kings were able to pull those deals off, I'm, I'm good with it. Like, you're getting draft picks in return on top of this. I'm not a, a big fan of taking on Al Horford's contract i feel as though he is very much a shell of himself in terms of a player i'm not really sure what he would bring to this team other than you know the veteran leadership and all that stuff but i feel like this team has some pretty good options at center already right now if we just put together a better roster around them all together um then that they, they would be in a good position so that being said, I'm still okay with doing this deal if you get Marcus Smart and you get a first-round draft pick. You have to be willing to part ways with De'Aaron Fox. Ultimately, if you're going to do this deal or do these deals, um, but again, like we've said before, at the end of the day, the Kings, this roster is not working. Um, it's not good enough. They're not a competitive team. So you have to be willing to look at all options in terms of improving the talent on this roster from top to bottom. Yeah, I agree. So what does this mean for Sacramento? This gives you a starting lineup of Halliburton, Marcus Smart, Karis LeVert, Rashawn Holmes, Miles Turner. Now, this might be your starting lineup next season because we don't know how long it's going to take for Miles Turner to recover from that foot injury and come back. But... I think that's a pretty good starting lineup. It gives the keys to Tyrese Halliburton. It gives you your dog in Marcus Smart, who's going to push these younger guys to be better. He's going to be the vocal leader of this team. He's made a lot of smart moves in his career. He's also made a lot of dumb moves, but I love the fire that comes from him, and I think that that's contagious. It gives you a guy in Levert who can space the floor. 
shoot very well. It moves Rashawn Holmes to that four spot, which I think is a little bit better for him, especially on the defensive end of the floor. And it gives you a guy like Miles Turner who can protect the rim and also space the floor as well. So, you know, you look at Halliburton, Smart, Lavert, Turner, all these guys are capable three-point shooters. Rashawn Holmes is not, but I think that's okay. As long as you have four guys on the court that can shoot the ball, I like this starting lineup. Now, what does this mean for your bench? Your bench becomes Davion Mitchell, Terrence Davis, Mo Harkless, Metu, Al Horford. As you mentioned, Al Horford is probably past his prime, and that's the reason why I didn't throw him here in the starting lineup. However, if you're a team like Sacramento and you want to get a guy like Marcus Smart, you want to get a first-round pick from Boston, you have to do deals to take on big salaries and help teams out. You look at what Oklahoma City has done. They've been willing to absorb salaries to collect draft picks and stuff like that. And I think that Al Horford could also be part of the leadership group on this Kings team, and he could lead the second unit. Now, if he wasn't willing to stay in Sacramento, I'd always entertain a buyout as well. Mm -hmm. It's important to note that Metu, is, his contract is not guaranteed for next season, so he potentially could not be back next season as well. If you look at the other guys on this roster, Robert Woodard, his salary is also not guaranteed for next season. Same with Jamias Ramsey. Keita is restricted free agent. If Metu doesn't stay, I would move Keita into that bench four position for next season. Lewis King is also a restricted free agent, so the Kings have some questions to answer there as well. Alex Len is still on this team, and if Al Horford wanted a buyout, I would move Alex Len into that second string center position. As much as we like Damian Jones, he's an unrestricted free agent at the end of this season, and I'd probably let him walk if I were able to make these deals. So I feel like this sets the Kings up really well for next season with some of these guys. And on top of that, the Kings have their own first-round pick, which potentially could be top five if they make these deals and, and they lose a guy like Miles Turner for the rest of the season. Mm -hmm. They have Indiana's first round pick, which potentially Probably a lottery pick potentially could be a top 10 pick. Uh, who knows, you know, with them adding guys like Fox and Bagley could help boost their team. And we've heard from them that they are not rebuilding. They're retooling. They're trying yeah. to add. They don't want draft picks because draft picks don't win basketball games. They want players. So that makes me think that they're even more willing to make a deal like this. On top of that, you have Boston's first-round pick. You have the Sacramento second round and the second-round pick you're getting from a contender for offloading Tristan Thompson. So if you're the Kings, you're going into this offseason with three first-round picks in this draft. I know people talk about this draft might not be as deep as normal or as some of these other drafts, but I feel like this front office has shown over the past two seasons that they're pretty good at drafting players. And giving them three stabs in this draft, I think, is definitely a good thing. And if if they were to, let's say, make a trade at the end of the season, having draft picks to throw on top can only sweeten the deal and give them more leverage. So you're going into next season with Halliburton, Smart, Lavert, Holmes, Turner, and three first-round picks. Calvin, I know I said a lot there. Let's hear your thoughts. 
Well, as I said before, I, I like these moves a lot. Um, I think that this is a pretty good blueprint for how to get the Kings into a better spot than they are currently. I mean, you're improving the, the overall talent on the roster. You're accumulating draft picks, first round draft picks at the same time. Um, I, I don't really see what you have to, to dislike about this deal unless you're one of those diehard, we cannot trade De'Aaron Fox type people. And, and I'm not necessarily saying that that's the wrong point of view to have because De'Aaron Fox is a great player and I still believe that if you'd get better help around him, um, the, the results would be better as well. On the other side of that coin, though, what I just said you know, a few minutes ago is the Kings should not be limiting themselves to a potential trade that's going to improve this team. So if De'Aaron Fox or even Tyrese Halliburton is included in one of those deals that I truly believe is going to make the Kings a better team, it's going to be really hard for me to say no to that deal. I, I like the individual deals here in terms of the, the players you're adding. It gives the Kings areas of need. It makes a splash. It brings in, you know, bigger name players. Maybe they're not superstar level players, but these are still not the type of talent player wise that the Kings are used to um, accustomed to trading for, you know, it, it's in the past few years or past 10 years, whatever, it's been these minor moves that involve mostly bench players and and moving salary around so you kind of set yourself up for the offseason to where you have a little bit more cap room to, say, re-sign Rashawn Holmes or something like that. But we haven't seen the Kings really take a risk on trading for an impact right away player, a starting level player, one mm -hmm. of another team's you know two or three, four best players on their roster. These deals do that. I mean, Marcus Smart may not be the fourth best player on the Celtics, but he's a highly regarded player for them. Great defender, vocal leader. You know, those are all things that the Kings need as a team. So if you rolled out with this roster and all those draft picks going into this summer, I think the Kings would be in a much better position than they are currently. Yeah, I I mean, of course I agree since I'm the one that uh, <laughs> came up with this deal. But you know, a, a few ahead, other pat things. Yourself on the back. <laughs> a few th other things that I want to mention here, and guys, I would love to be the GM of the Sacramento Kings, so maybe we need to start uh, a petition or a poll for that. But uh, I'm not trying to take Monty's job at the moment. But a, a couple other things I like about this deal: Halliburton's still on his rookie contract. I think Marcus Smart is on a very, very affordable contract. Same with Lavert. Same with Turner. And same with Rashawn Holmes. You're adding in three first-round picks who are going to be on their rookie-scale deals, cheap as well. You're getting rid of Harrison Barnes' contract. You're getting rid of Buddy Heald's contract. You don't have to pay Marvin Bagley. Mm -hmm. And you're getting rid of a big max contract in Deer and Fox. Yes, you're bringing in a ton of salary in a guy like Al Horford. But as I mentioned, he can bring good leadership to this team. And if he wanted to be bought out or if you needed to trade him in the offseason to make cap space, you have these three first-round picks. You could package him in one of these first-round picks, maybe the Boston pick, to a team like Oklahoma City to get rid of his salary if you are able to sign a guy. That's the thing is Monty said he wants to preach flexibility for this Kings team and he wants to be able to sign big-name free agents. Now, we all know Sacramento has not been that team in the past. 
But that doesn't mean they can't be that in the future. We've seen it happen with many other small market teams where a good player or multiple good players or a team is playing well and guys decide that they want to go there. It becomes an attractive place for people to want to go. So it's not gutting all your salary from your team and wishing that you'll sign a guy in free agency, but it's allowing you to where if you were to talk to a guy in free agency and they were to say, I do want to come to Sacramento, it gives you an option to clear up some of that cap space to offer a big contract without messing with your starting five. Yeah, no, I, I agree 100%. I think the only thing that you look at on this team and you, you say to yourself, does this team have a legit star? Um, and I think for some of these guys like Miles Turner um, and even Karis LeVert to a, a degree, they've never really been given the opportunity to be a star and maybe Tyrese Halliburton is the same way a little bit. A lot of people think that he can be a star. He just needs to, like we're doing here, have a team that's basically given to him, gets De'Aaron Fox off the roster. He doesn't have to worry about playing second fiddle alongside him anymore. It's his team. He has veteran leadership around him. So can, you know, one or two or even three of these guys take the next step in their progression as basketball players to become stars in this league? Because that ultimately is what is going to define whether this team is successful or not. Yep. You, you can't be a one of the top teams in this league without having legit star power on your roster. And we've heard from Miles Turner that he wants that opportunity. You know, he yeah. wants to be yeah. moved to a team where he he's not playing with a Sabonis. He's not playing with a guy that's going to cut into his minutes. And this gives him that path in Sacramento. And we've all seen the chemistry between Tyrese Halliburton and the big man. Right. It keeps Rashawn Holmes. It allows him to get healthy through the rest of the season, be ready next year. And uh, I think a Miles Turner, Tyrese Halliburton tandem is, is could be pretty incredible. I think it could be very, very good for sure. Um, and I guess I will say after my last statement about needing star power, you did have, there are always exceptions to the rule, like the 04 Pistons and stuff like that. But the, the team has to click together so perfectly for that, those scenarios to happen. Not to say that this roster couldn't do that, but you you would expect to need one of these guys, a couple of these guys, to take the next step. Miles Turner needs to become, you know, more of a, a all star level caliber player on the front line. Um, and again, probably hasn't been given the opportunity to, with the role that he's been used in Indiana. Tyrese got to become a better overall player. Karis LeVert has been a great scorer in this league for a long time, but can he do, you know, the other things necessary to be a legit player on a legit team, like play a uh, real lockdown defense, rebound, things like that. I think you know what you're going to get from Marcus Smart and Rashawn Holmes, but those would be the two guys out of that starting five that I wouldn't really say um, I, I need them to take the next step. You know, those yep. two guys are going to be rocks, uh, doing what they do best rebounding defense mm -hmm. for Marcus smart vocal leadership, all all stuff like that. The other three players would be the ones that you'd want to see, um, you know, take that next step and, and become true legit players. 
Yep, I agree. What's up, Bryce? Good to have you here. Yeah, it was a really tough loss tonight. I don't know if it hurts more. These games where they're down by 30 or 60 or games like this where they're up and they actually had a chance. But welcome. Welcome to group therapy. We're talking about trades again, uh, and we will be talking about those until February 10th or until something or until big happens. Until a trade happens. Until yeah. something big happens. That brings me to my next subject, Calvin. That's Buddy Healed. I think you and I have been talking about trading Buddy for a little while now. <laughs> and he seems to have been struggling as of late. I read a report this morning that Cleveland is trying to make a run this season. They're playing pretty well. We all have seen the, the yeah. huge lineup that they're putting out on the court. They've had some injury issues. Um, Colin Sexton is out. We saw Ricky Rubio out. They made some some deals to try and bring in some other guys. But I guess what I heard today was they're willing to move on from their first-round pick this season, and they're willing to move on from a guy like Ricky Rubio because he's out to add in wing depth or guards to help them in the playoffs. Do you think this could mean that Buddy Heald could be headed to Cleveland and would you be okay with a first-round pick, Ricky Rubio? Maybe they need a filler. I know they have a trade exemption as well for a guy like Buddy Heald. Well, I wouldn't be surprised to hear of a potential Buddy Heald deal to to any team, really. I, I mean, I, I feel like Buddy Heald has got to be the one player on this team that the Kings are trying to trade above any others, even though – the, the whole roster potentially is open. Buddy Heald's like that first guy. I mean, they've been trying to trade him since draft night this season. Before before that. Well, yes, but <laughs> just in this year alone, like that's when it all started for him. Um, this per, That particular deal that you just mentioned to Cleveland for possibly a first-round pick and or Ricky Rubio slash somebody else, that is, I know I said that I would be willing to trade Buddy Heald for a lot of things. That's probably not one of them, though. Uh, the first-round pick is okay, but again, they're going to be a playoff team, so it's not a lottery pick. It's not going to be... You certainly could end up with a great player, uh, but the, the probability of that is not very high. And then taking on an injured point guard in Ricky Rubio when you've already got three of them, doesn't seem like a very sensible thing to do if I'm Sacramento. So probably a, a pass for me on that particular deal. Maybe there's something else that, that Cleveland could offer that I would say yes to, but I, I would not trade him for Ricky Rubio in a first-round pick. Yeah. I think this the only chance a deal like this has of happening is if the Kings hit the F it button yeah. and they're like, we're trading everybody. We're willing to take on salary. We want first-round picks. What's up, Brian? Healed for Allen. I would love to have Jared Allen. Yeah, I would Allen do that deal in a heartbeat, but we all know Cleveland's not doing that. So, How many first-round picks from Sacramento is it going to take to make that <laughs> deal happen? It reminds me of, I, I'm pretty sure it's Mikami. He puts up in the chat over and over again, it's like five unprotected first-rounders for Rudy Gobert. <laughs> Every time. I mean, it's funny because we, we laugh at stuff like this, but 
But at the end of the day, the it Clippers, might actually make sense. The Clippers did a deal like that, right? Yeah, they like did. we they did. We didn't hear anything about Paul George being available, right? Yeah. Like we didn't hear anything. He had just signed a new contract with Oklahoma City, and then all of a sudden Kawhi Leonard signs with the Clippers, and the Clippers give up 80 million draft picks for Paul George. So it's possible. It's possible, but you know what? The Clippers already had Kawhi Leonard. So from their perspective, it's like, yes, we of course we're willing to give up whatever future we might have because it's all about right now. Yeah. The Kings are not in that position. There's no player in this league, no one player that you could tell me will give the the whatever team it is five or six first round picks. We'll get that that player on this team, and we've got a shot to win. You wouldn't do that, that just for Giannis? Doesn't happen. I would do that, but I'm saying that the Kings are not in the same position as LA in that yep. that getting just getting Giannis on the team, even if you kept Fox and Halliburton, that would be a much better team than what they are now. But they're not winning a championship next year. They need more than that, and they're they're probably not going to be able to get it if you have to trade. Yeah. Five first round picks just to get Giannis, you know? Bags for Braun. I think that's our cue that we need to move <laughs> on here. Gotham, you're you're funny, man. I we really appreciate you and all the support you've given us. I hope you're gonna come see us uh in Sacramento on the eighth and the ninth for that Timberwolves game because we owe you a beer or a wine or a cocktail. Vodka we, and Mountain Dew, apparently. We owe you something. But uh yeah, I just want to remind you all, Calvin and I will be in Sacramento the 8th and the 9th at the games, and uh, we'd love to see you guys there. We we really would. All right, Calvin, any other trades you want to talk about, or are we ready to move on here? Uh, please, no more. No more trades. All right, we won't talk about trades to the next game. All right, guys, <laughs> we're going to take another quick break here, and when we come back, we're going to take a look at the Kings next week basketball action with King's Crusade. Welcome back to Royal Rebounds, the Sacramento Kings YouTube channel for fans by fans. The Kings continue their crusade to make it back to the playoffs. Maybe next season. Next up is the New York Knicks. If you're a Kings fan, make sure you smash up that like button down below. And if you enjoy awesome Kings content like this, hit that subscribe button to join the Royal family with Calvin and I. We also have the website down here, royalrebounds.com. If you'd like to cop some awesome gear, you can check us out on Twitter, royal underscore rebounds, or Instagram, at royalrebounds. Also wanted to remind you all, we are on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, all your favorite podcast platforms. So if you'd like to listen to us on the go, make sure you guys check out our audio-only podcast. Yeah, we're moving up in the world. New and improved website, some new designs coming on the, the shop, yeah. team store. So yeah, be sure to check it out. Yeah, good stuff. We'll, we'll be rocking some fresh gear at the game, and uh, yeah. And Fred, yes, we will definitely let you guys know. Uh, you know, where, hopefully, where we're going to be sitting. We have tickets purchased for the game on the ninth. Yep. 
uh, we're, we spoiled ourselves. We're going to be sitting courtside and, yep. but we do not have tickets yet for the eighth. So those, that game will probably be, um, you know, more, uh, Out and about. amongst the, the commoners, <laughs> the jesters. We'll the be, jesters. we'll be with the yes. jesters that game. All right, Calvin. So last game of the month, Monday, January 31st Kings visit Madison square garden to take on the New York Knicks before returning home against the Nets and then heading to Golden State to face the Warriors. And then the schedule lightens up a little bit with Thunder, Timberwolves, Timberwolves. Tell me your thoughts on this Knicks game. Um, An opportunity here for Sacramento. You know, I, I don't know how many more times I'm going to be able to say that for the rest of the season, but Look, they're they're playing against a team, another team that is struggling, maybe not as much as Sacramento, but they're still struggling. However, it's still not going to be an easy task. It's a road game. Um, the Kings have not played well on the road lately at all. Who knows if De'Aaron Fox is going to play? And New York is still a strong defensive team. They struggle to score points, uh, but they will make it difficult on you to score. They're fifth in the NBA in scoring defense. So the Kings are going to have to find ways to get easy baskets. So my number one key is transition and fast break points. they got to find a way to speed up the game a little bit. New York plays at a slow pace. Get some easy looks at the rim. Uh, get some transition buckets going. That will be a very important thing for Sacramento. Number two is second chance points. New York is a good rebounding team. They're fifth in the NBA in opponents' offensive rebounds per game at just under 10. So guys like Marvin Bagley uh, will be, excuse me, very important for Sacramento here. They're going to have to crash the glass and crash the glass hard. And then especially if they're not shooting well. that You know, that's the thing that the, the Kings live and die by their outside shots, I think, more so than a lot of teams. So if they're not hitting shots early, they're definitely going to have to give a good effort on the offensive glass. And then number three is take the easy money. Sacramento, they did a great job today converting free throws. They're fifth in the NBA in free throw attempts per game, but 23rd in the NBA in percentage. And that's with De'Aaron Fox, who's been steadily getting better and better all year long. So they've got to find a way. Uh, to just knock down their free throws when they're given the opportunity, especially in a, a tight, potentially a tight game against a really good defensive team. You can't leave points off the board, you know, meta metaphorically speaking, by missing free throws. Yeah, Al Mack has a good question here. Is Fox injured or waiting on a trade? Calvin, do you expect to see him on Monday in New York? I, I really don't know at this point. I mean... I expected him to see I expected to see him probably two games ago when all I heard was it was a sore ankle that he decided in warm-ups he couldn't go. As I said before, every game that passes and he sits becomes more and more of an issue for me. It becomes a bigger, bigger area of concern to that there's something going on that we don't know. Mm -hmm. And neither one of any uh avenue is not a good one, whether it's he actually is hurt and they're they're just not saying anything because they want to keep the door open for trades or whatever, or it's that they are planning on moving him and they just haven't pulled the, the trigger on making that deal yet. Either one of those are, are potentially very worrisome to me. So 
I hope we see him. I certainly hope we do. The Kings need him. That's for sure. That's an understatement. It's funny. I'm looking here at the ESPN uh, game preview for Monday night. They already have Terrence Davis and Deer and Fox both ruled as out. You know, these things can change, right? They can be updated. But I, I think that's pretty interesting. Nobody out for the New York Knicks at this point. It's going to be another tough game for uh, for the Kings and for Kings fans, especially the Knicks are favored by 75% in this game. Uh, it's going to be a lot of half-court offense for Sacramento. We know New York loves to slow down the tempo of the game. And uh, it's not a good matchup for the Kings at all. No, it's really not. They, they don't do well with – Big guys inside. I mean, I, I don't know what the game plan is going to be against Julius Randle. How many minutes is Marvin Bagley going to play? Will we see people like Alex Len, you know, against the bigger bodies like Mitchell Robinson and all this stuff? Um, the Kings are going to have to, they're going to have to shoot well from outside. If uh, De'Aaron Fox doesn't play, Buddy Heald's going to have to have a, I'll just say decent game. I mean, he's got to score minimum 12 points, I'll say. He needs to have more points than turnovers. That would be a good start, yeah. You want to give me a prediction on this game? Well, I I want to predict the Kings win. I really do. I mean, I keep saying it. They're going to win. You can. They're going to win a game at this point. I just don't trust them to win any game right now. I really don't. So... Like you said, it's not a good matchup for the Kings. They did play a lot better today than they have in the past few games. So I hope they can ride that momentum into this next game and put up a good effort. The Kings don't do well against teams that keep the scoring low, though. They really don't. So I'm I'm going to say they lose this one again. It's an early game, which we know the Kings haven't played well. But I'm going to give you a prediction, Cal. If Deer and Fox plays, Kings win. That's a fair one. Yeah, I'll take that. That's I think that's I think that's pretty reasonable. All right, so moving on here. Then the Nets game. Good good thing about this game for the Nets is that it's in Sacramento. So that means Kyrie Irving is available to potentially play. I know Kevin Durant's been dealing with injury problems and stuff like that. Then there's a back-to-back against the Warriors. I don't know if a back-to-back gets much harder than Nets, Warriors, yeah. back-to-back. But when you lose, uh, they weren't back-to-backs, but when you lose to the Rockets and Pistons on consecutive games, it doesn't matter who you play back-to-back. Yeah, yeah. It's another tough week of Kings basketball, guys. This is just pushing even further for these trades to happen. We have six games before the trade deadline. We're going to be at two of them. Maybe there will be a blockbuster while we're in Sacramento. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, it's just really unfortunate that that's all we have to look forward to at this point. I I mean, I I feel like a lot of people would be upset if the Kings won all six of those games leading up to the the trade deadline because then you might not see any deals get made. Yeah, yeah, I know. Six games in a row here for losing that's that does not make me feel too good i gotta ask you this again cal and i think i know your answer already but looking at these next six games which one is most attractive to you 
most a- most attractive? What do you mean by attractive? I mean, which one are you looking forward to most? Well, I'm certainly looking forward to being at Golden One Center, even if the Kings are, you know, tanking or just losing every game uh, from here on out through the trade deadline. I'm still going to be very happy to be at a, a live basketball game. It's been a long time for you and I since we've gotten to go to uh, yeah, a professional sporting event of any kind, let alone a basketball game. I've never sat courtside before, so i got to be very excited about that game. Um, but I, you know, I still love watching basketball, even if the game isn't necessarily a great one. So the opportunity to see teams like Brooklyn and Golden State, I, I always will love to watch those teams play, even if they're destroying the well, Sacramento basketball team. If- De'Aaron Fox is still uh, sitting out or injured or whatever is going on. We're right behind the Kings bench. Are you, are you having him sign your jersey there? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. All right. We'll have to bring a couple I'd let Robert Woodard sign my jersey if he, if he wanted to. It doesn't <laughs> matter who it is. You let him sign your De'Aaron Fox jersey? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. Buddy's IQ is killing this team. I mean, Jonathan, you're preaching to the choir here. Uh, it's just a matter of <laughs> the problem is that's not even close to the only thing that's killing this team. So yeah, they they need to win some games. They need to make some moves here, guys. It's it's not looking good for the Sacramento Kings. But hey, we're still fans. We're still gonna root for the team, and uh, we're rooting for a trade right now, right? Yep, we're rooting for a trade. It's you know, it's really interesting though. I mean, what? What do they say on the Orlando Magic Orlando Magic's podcast? Because there's a team that's how many wins do they have? Nine still or ten, something like that. I think the Magic. But yet they've are, got they're ten and forty. They're ten and forty. Ten and forty. Yet they've got two guys on their roster who people are super excited about. Jalen Suggs and Franz Wagner's been like a real sneaky rookie of the year. Uh, yep. surprise this year people still like mo bamba yeah jonathan isaac still dealing with that injury uh i don't know what's going on with markel fultz is he still having those shooting issues with his shoulder and all I don't that know. i think they don't care anymore now that they have jalen suggs so yeah really really rough if we would have lost to the magic that would have capped off my last week but uh kings are only four wins ahead of the rockets at this point for the bottom spot in the western conference all right calvin (laughs) that's probably true gotham i think i'm ready to wrap it up what do you think kings are better than the magic pistons oklahoma city for now they are how do you know that they just lost to the (laughs) they just lost to the pistons as gotham says at least we don't live in sacramento Sacramento. although i gotta say Florida is just a, a horrible state in general, but Orlando does nothing for me. Yeah. I mean, I like Miami. We had a lot of no, fun Miami's in Miami. Fun. Miami's cool. But I'm excited to get into downtown Sacramento. I'm excited to get on those scooters. You know I love the scooters. We love the scooters. We are going to be scootering around. You guys around. will probably see us scootering around <laughs> With King downtown. With King's jerseys on. Yeah. <laughs> downtown Sacramento. Having a good time. We'll be there Monday through Thursday. So uh, if any of you guys want to hang out, hit us up. We'll do a little scooter gang, gang, gang around the town and yep. uh, go to some Kings games and have some fun. All right, Calvin, you ready to wrap it up here? 
Yeah. Thanks for watching, everybody. All right, guys. Really appreciate it. Naked homeless guys. Yes, Neil. We will be those yeah, guys watch out for as those well. Guys. <laughs> All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us on another <laughs> Royal Rebounds <laughs> podcast. Kings lost tonight, but that's okay. We had a lot of fun hanging out with you guys. Make sure you all catch us on Monday after the Kings possibly defeat the New York Knicks. Make sure you guys have a safe and uh, fun Sunday watching basketball. We'll see you guys on Monday. Make sure you smash up that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Thank you guys so much. Have a wonderful evening. And in the meantime, go Kings. Why pay more for a separate CoQ10 supplement? Enjoy twice the benefits with Superbeats Heart Chews Advanced from the number one doctor, pharmacist, and cardiologist recommended beet brand for heart health support. The new Superbeats Heart Chews Advanced by Human is now infused with CoQ10. That's essentially like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 ingredients support nitric oxide production healthy blood pressure, healthy CoQ10 levels, and heart-healthy energy with two tasty chews a day. Plus, Superbeats Heart Chews Advance are plant-based, so you get heart-healthy energy without stimulants. For a limited time, get a free 30-day supply of Superbeats Heart Chews on all bundles and 15% off your first order by going to RadioBeats.com and using promo code DEAL. That's RadioBeats.com, code DEAL. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.